Hey, it's Peter here with MyFSHD. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to stop my intro saying, hey, we're running behind. You know we're running behind. Actually, it's always a good thing. we got so much to do. Um, yeah, but there's a method to the madness. It just didn't quite work out. There's, uh, I thought there might be some news uh, last night that I'd be able to forward on to, but it, it didn't really come out. So, so uh, you know, I waited, waited a day for nothing. Um, but, you know, we still got plenty to talk about. I didn't, you know, <laughs> you know, I missed you on Saturday. Ah, uh, yeah, well, you know, I tell you, it's a bit of a roller coaster. It's up and down. Yeah, you know, I was, you know, a lot of y'all send me Facebook posts or screenshots or texts. You kind of tell me what's going on. And, you know, I appreciate it to some degree. Um, I mean, actually, actually to, a, to a large degree. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, when it kind of... Sometimes some of the stuff just kind of grinds me. And you know my personality. I get a little bit, uh, you know, you can get under my skin. I, I just take I take this very seriously, very personally, this FSHD thing, you know. And when people start, uh, yes, and, you know, suggesting, say, hey, you know, it looks like uh, there's a effort to discredit you um, going on, you know, online. Uh, people starting to suggest, you know, we're not all that. And, you know, well. I don't know what we are. We're not, we just tell you, I just tell you how it is. Um, in my opinion, I tell you the facts that are the facts. This isn't politics. You don't get to choose your facts. Um, and, you know, I give my interpretation as a scientist and someone who's worked in the field for 20 years. Um, you know, we've dedicated our careers to uh, my, my wife and myself and actually, you know, our CRISPR God is Carice. And, you know, again, people 10 plus years of their lives on FSHD. Um we know a lot of patients. Uh, I think we're pretty dedicated to FSHD and to carrying FSHD. So when I see things or hear things such as, um, well, first off, there's just some batshit crazy stuff out there, right? Uh, and again, you know, anybody online knows there's always, there's always there's always someone spinning crazy out there. Pick your topic. There's there's a little bit of crazy out there by everybody, but sometimes it can be somewhat damaging, right? If people, I know uh, y'all are desperate for treatments, people are watching themselves and their loved ones, loved ones get weaker, you know, daily and, uh, you want help. And, you know, and someone posts online that, Hey, my doctor says there's a cure for FSHD and I'm going to get the pill next visit. You know, I wish it were true. I'm sorry. I want to be the bearer of bad news, but that's just wrong. <laughs> get a new doctor, frankly, <laughs> because they're an idiot. Okay. Um, I don't care whether there are, confusing FSHD with another muscular dystrophy, which which actually happens all the time, but there's not another muscular dystrophy that you're going to go get a pill for, so that, that can't be the case. Um, if they don't know what a clinical trial... I mean, these are people prescribing you medicine? I mean, do they think you got MS? Do they think you have SMA? I mean, what, what the hell do they think you have? Um, bottom line, there's not a cure for FSHD that is available over the counter or even experimentally. The closest thing we have is in clinical trial. We're going to talk about this a little bit. It's the fulcrum um, osmapamod phase three clinical trial. And, um, you know, it's it, the verdict's out still. Uh, we got other stuff coming. So if you're if you if you see online and you get all excited, I, know, I understand, you know, you want to get excited. Um, it's just, sorry, it's just not the case yet. <clears throat> and they will, they will come when it will be true. But you know what? You're going to hear about it. <laughs> Trust me, you'll hear about it. Um, you don't need to, and it won't be through some little thread on uh, Facebook. It'll be big news. Uh, but the other thing you hear then is people, oh, they cured this thing ages ago. You know, and I've, I've been dealing with this crap for 
as long as I can remember. You know, people say, oh, you, you guys don't want to cure this. Y'all are getting rich, keeping us sick. You know, I mean, seriously, I just think about it. Now, I understand when people say that about something like diabetes or heart disease, right? Insulin production is, you know, I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying that, you know, there's a, there's big money to be made, you know, in some of these, in some of the, these space, right? But not rare disease. I mean, come on, man. I mean, nobody is making money off of FSHD, keeping people with FSHD. I mean, I mean, just think about who's, who's making, who's getting rich off of keeping you in, uh, you know, uh, non uncured. I mean, let me tell you, a cure, a cure for FSHD is a moneymaker. In fact, it'll open up the doors, whatever you have for other neuromuscular diseases. And so this, there's a cure out there and they just won't give it to us. And I mean, that's just wrong. Okay. And, um, and I take a little offense at it because it basically cuts to character, right? And people are, you know, and, and maybe that's just the mentality. So, you know, you just get angry. Um, you know, uh, I guess people deal with things a different way. Well, we do. We actually try to solve problems. That's how we deal with things. Okay. Whether in, in pretty much all aspects of life. Um, but uh, professionally, we're trying to, <laughs> trust me, <clears throat> trust me, um, there's an enormous effort to, provide uh life-altering um disease um blocking therapeutics for fshd and uh <laughs> the only thing standing in the way is that it's a freaking hard disease to work on really quite honestly um in fact, in fact i would argue that money's not standing in the way meaning that you know as we're going to talk about there's a lot of money being poured into fshd which is great news um and again you know so then it gets to the third thing that's really pissing me off, um, which is people are starting to say, ah, everybody's just in this for the money. You know, it gets back to money again. And it's political season, right? Follow the money. You know, in some ways, Deep Throat was correct. Follow the money, um, especially in politics. Follow the money. Um, we did a hunter. Um, in science, you know, in this case, I would say follow the money. Um, it tells you where biotech and pharma companies believe there are good bets at um, developing a product. And the best product from a business standpoint is one that actually has beneficial effects. Okay. While it is true, you can, and it's frustrating, right? People can make money on drugs that don't work. Um, you make a hell of a lot more money on drugs that do work. And uh, that is all, curing the disease is always good business, okay? And for those of you who are going to be upset that um, when FSHD treatments come up, you know, companies will make money. And individuals that, you know, patents have been filed by researchers, they're, you know, people will, it's right, yes, people will make money when FSHD is cured. Um, is that going to piss you off? I mean, seriously, are you going to say, gee, you know, it's a raw deal for me. They cured me, but... Uh, you know, somebody, somebody got paid for their innovation and their brilliance and developing the cure for this horrible, difficult disease. That's going to piss you off. Don't take it. Stick it to everybody. Just don't take it. But you know, if you're going to be that angry about it, that's actually a good problem to have, isn't it? Well, that'd be a wonderful thing that you guys can all sit around and say how much it sucks that these horrible researchers and horrible companies are all making money curing you. Okay, fine if they're making money, not curing you. Fine if they're making money, you know, I, I, I'm angry at that. That actually is what pisses me off. But really, you know what? I mean, the way I look at it, so we're, we're dedicating a large part of our research lab's effort 
has been developing tools for the field. We're making mouse models, which again, I'm going to tell you, we just had a paper come up from Pfizer. Pfizer's using our FlexD mouse model. Love it. You know what? If Pfizer cures FSG, I don't get a penny. Am I mad? No, I'm not mad at all. I'm We are high-fiving everybody because we're going to high-five you because you're going to be able to get your hands up. Okay. And because something we made um, it contributed to curing the disease. I'm not saying they're going to do. I'm just saying that this, that's the mentality that we have. Um, you know, uh, we, you know, as an academic, uh, CRISPR goddess invented CRISPR inhibition for FSHD. Uh, we started a for-profit company called Renogenics, of which I'm a founder. Carice is a founder. Takako is a founder. Um, it's a for-profit company because that's the only way to get therapeutics to, uh, to, to clinic. You only got two options. You either license it out and trust somebody else. Some other company is going to raise the hundreds of millions of dollars needed to get it to clinic, or you're going to try to do it yourself and make sure it's done right. Okay. <laughs> really no other way. It's not, you can't, it's just not, nobody just gives you money. Not, not even chip. Okay. <laughs> Who can write the check, right? People don't just say, here's a couple hundred million dollars to, to hopefully cure this disease of which no return. It's always a business return on this. And uh, that's just how it goes. And so you should be happy that FSHD has been tagged by so many biotech companies, so many, and the, the pharma companies, and so many academics that this is worthwhile to work on because it's a tractable pathogenic mechanism. It's amenable to so many therapeutic approaches. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing, I mean, yeah, you know, and for a while it just was kind of weird, right? Oh, you got a dozen antisense companies, but basically antisense, some siRNA, but it is siRNA, but it's essentially antisense. You know, Scott Harper's uh, gene therapies, it's essentially anti-sense, it's RNAi. But, you know, it seemed to be like what everyone was doing for this dominant gain of function disease. But now you're seeing, man, there's all this other stuff coming in, right? Fulcrum's got a small molecule. It looks like, I don't know what Pfizer's doing, but it looks like they're investigating small molecules based on their paper. Um, you know, you have uh, Alte with their diff totally different kind of small molecule that's binding Dux4 protein and affecting activity. Um you know, you just got you got cell therapy companies that we're going to talk about, like Vite um, Therapeutics coming in. There's other cell therapy companies. You know, there's all these companies you haven't heard about <laughs> that are coming out of the woodwork that are out there, all these things. So this is great news. And you know what? A lot of it is because their technologies are uh, applicable to it. But honestly, it's, you know, part of it is because it's good business. And, you know, that, that's how it is. So, uh, you know what? Um, if you're in one of these rare diseases that 30 people in the world has, yeah, you might get an end of one trial. You're going to have a hard time getting people to fund that research. And that's just, that's just the way it is. So the good news is FSHD with the number of people, you know, we always say it's like, I see on the Fulcrum's website, it says 16 to 38,000 people in the U.S. I'm telling you, it's going to be like 100,000 people in the U.S. We're doing our research testing. We're finding tons of FSHD that goes un, unnoticed around the world. I believe it's going to be well over a million people. And that's good news. Because that means FSHD is at the front of the line, not just in respect to a tractable um, pathogenic mechanism that's amenable to a lot of therapeutic approaches, but also because it's good business to go after FSHD and cure it. And that's why so many people are in it, whether you like it or not. I mean, that's and 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 the thing is, then it's it's a fantastic platform disease to say if our technology works in FSHD you know, and you show that it works and you can do a properly powered clinical trial and you can 
you know, <laughs> you can help an awful lot of people, but then you can actually go to these other rarities, other neuromuscular diseases that have fewer people, but have, you know, but might be amenable to similar technologies such as CRISPR, um, CRISPR editing, CRISPR inhibition, um, RNAi, anti, whatever, you know, it's just and now FSHD is going to be leading the pack in the clinic. And it's all, it's all good news. And man, when people put a negative spin, I mean, I know you're pissed. I know it sucks, but man, you know, <laughs> and then you start, and then you start coming after, I don't know, maybe, I, I know, maybe I'm just a little sensitive. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I just know so many of y'all and, um, but on the other hand, I, I don't know, quite honestly, um, uh, you know, you guys, you know, <laughs> as I say, too much personal stuff, you know, we all have our own issues going on. And uh, one thing that uh, Chris always tells me, she's like, you know, she's like, you're killing yourself trying to cure this disease for a bunch of people that are going to hate you for it. You know, and, you know, yeah, we kind of always have always kind of said that in, in, in our lab in the sense that we know that there are going to be people out there that basically it's almost like you have to force them to take the cure because you know, or whatever it is um or you know even if they just use our models because people it wasn't fast enough it's not good enough and how dare anybody um profit on any level off of it um and again it's not like you're making a lot of money uh you know but my counter to that is there's so many fantastic great people out there i know that just want help and you know that's who we're working for we're gonna hopefully the field is gonna cure everybody and get something for everybody. Everybody's gonna be different treatments for different people, I believe. Combinatorial treatments for some of you severely affected. And you know, those of you that are angry about, ah, yeah, screw it. I don't care. You know what? We're still gonna help you. Um, <laughs> you know, and if you really, like I said, if you really want to stick it to us, don't take it. Um, we'll tackle you and make you take the cure. Um, <laughs> and then you can chase us down and tell us how horrible we are because, God, I mean, if you actually knew. You know, I know people just, you know, science is a black box and this is a black. If you actually knew the finance, you don't know the finances of the, you know, what would piss you off is if you knew that um, uh, every single person in my lab, including myself, um, makes less than like the, the, you know, CEO of a foundation. You know, in fact, uh, I'm willing to bet. <laughs> if you knew what you know what the inventor of CRISPR inhibition for FSHD makes is not six figures even she probably she wouldn't even be halfway up the payroll at some foundations so when you start getting pissed at what we're doing or start thinking it's a bad idea let me tell you it's um you know we are we have all had opportunities to bail on FSHD and go make a pile of money in biotech okay. In fact, let me, let me just tell you, I got to tell you, you know, my, my, even before I even knew what FSHD was, my first job offer as a postdoc, my boss, Alan Wolf, uh, was offered the chief scientific officer at Sangamo Biosciences. It was a zinc finger company in Richmond, California, and he offered me a group leader position straight out of postdoc, a huge amount, you know, <laughs> big salary and a whole lot of stock options. And I turned it down to become an academic at the University of Illinois. Okay, and then I put my entire career on the line to work on FSHD and ended up not getting tenure and getting thrown out of the University of Illinois because I chose to work on FSHD and work with my student who had FSHD instead of doing the smart move at the time, which was to just work on cancer and Rett syndrome where I was well known in the field. And we have continually, um, you know, there was a company when we were in Boston, there was a company starting out that basically told me, they said, hey, we're going to hire Carice away from you. We're going to make her an offer she can't refuse. Okay, and she refused it to stay working with us and stay working on FSHD. 
Okay, when I talked at MDA and showed all of our fantastic CRISPR work and, and Carice's amazing uh, gene regulatory cassette that's going to be change, changes the landscape for about 18 different neuromuscular diseases for gene therapy. It's an absolutely spectacular work that she did. And I showed that at the MDA meeting. I had three companies come up to me afterwards and say, we're hiring our way. Sorry, we're hiring our way from you. And they all had the same thing. We're gonna, we, we can give her, we can give her a salary that's you know, astronomical. We're going to make a deal. Yes. And they just kind of followed it. You know, done deal, right? You know what? She's still sitting in the office next to me, <laughs> still working on FSHD, making far below market value as an academic. Um, you say, oh, but Jones, you got a, you have Renogenics. You have a, you have your own company. Guess what? Salary for Renogenics, $0.0, right? Man, that's all I got. Bluto's, Bluto's grade point, 0.0, okay? You know what? That is set up as a mechanism to take CRISPR inhibition to clinic, um, and you know what, if we're successful and, and if it is actually works, yeah, you know what, we'll make some money. If it doesn't work, yeah, you know what, not really. Okay. It is set up that way for success. And if that pisses you off, ah, screw you. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, you know, I mean, if you're working for free, your family, everyone's working. I mean, you know what, we, we are dead. We have chosen FSHD for scientific reasons and also um, for personal reasons. And so, and we're gonna do everything we can to cure this. You know, I mentioned the Flex Dux 4 mouse that we made, uh, that I meant, you know, a number of, again, man, we just saw this, uh, I was at this conference, well, virtually at this conference, a European conference on FSHD, you know, and guess what? Everyone's using the Flex Dux 4 mouse model. Again, you know how much money we're making from that? $0.0, right? We didn't patent it. We, we gave it away to Jack's Labs to distribute freely. Um, I mean, you have to pay for the mice, but we don't get a penny. I don't get any royalties. We get nothing. Okay, and this is not normal. You know how much we're going to make from the pigs? pigs? <laughs> okay, maybe it's a D-Day salary. There is no salary. There is no royalty. You know, D-Day has no grade point. Um, you know, it's uh, it's we're not making, you know, and again, we've chosen to set this up to lower the bar to get more companies in. And you know what? And those companies make money when they cure FSHD. Fine. I'm absolutely, I couldn't be happier that we played a role and then we didn't get a penny for it. I don't care. Okay. And let me tell you, it's not that way everywhere. Let me tell you, it's definitely not that way. People are selling your cells. If you knew, I mean, there's some times to be pissed, but don't be pissed at us. Let me tell you, we're giving cells away too. We're giving, um, you know, we are lowering the bar to try to get pharma to cure this. And if they're only in it for the money, I don't care. You know, honestly, if they get it done, if they get the job done, good enough. Anyway, so what's going on? A lot to talk about today. Sorry, I just kind of went off on that. I just, it's just, you know, it's just one of those things that I, you know, I had to be very careful because let me tell you, it was a very different talk I had. You know, I talk to tells you I walk around the house talking and just ranting and raging, you know, <laughs> which I was doing that all weekend because it just, you know, it just was like, boy. Anyway, I don't know. Just sometimes just kind of, you know, when you're spending every waking moment working on something and, and uh, you hear that people want to undermine your credibility because that's what your donation should be doing. Um, ah, fuck them, man. Sorry. Um, anyway, so what else we got going on? So actually really some, some things. So those are some of the things that came, you know, kind of I do like it. You know, send me send me the info through the web. Send, let me know what's going on. I purposely stay out of the Facebook groups because... Well, because, um, so one of the things that came up, there's a, th today is, uh, this is this week is the world muscle society meeting in, uh, Halifax, Canada uh, this is a yearly meeting, very clinical. A lot of the neuromuscular disease clinicians go there. A lot of clinical trial stuff is done there. And, um, fulcrum actually happens to be there. Um, 
I, I, I don't like the media. It's very clinical. I'm, I'm like, I actually don't like going to meetings anyway because I just don't. You're not going to believe it. I don't like talking to people. But Fulcrum is presenting something that says Fulcrum Therapeutics to present new data from the open label extension of phase two Redux study, Redux four study at the World Muscle Society. Okay. And so the question that came to me is what is an open label extension? Okay. And so, you know, what is it? Okay. Well, essentially, most placebo controlled trials. Now, placebo means you you didn't get the drug. <laughs> so you're going to have a group of people, normally one-to-one, but it doesn't have to be, uh, but often one-to-one, you know, people in the Redux 4 trial. You had 80 people in the trial, 40 people got lesmopamod, and 40 people got uh, a pill that looked just like it that did not, it was not lesmopamod. The people on didn't know which group they were in, and the doctors prescribing it didn't know what group they were in. Okay, double blind. And so what is open label extension? What it says is that after the, the, the conclusion of the trial, in this case, 48 weeks, everybody has the option, doesn't matter what group you're in, to get the real drug. In this case, lesmopamod. So if you were in the group that got the drug, you were able to get it again for another 48 weeks. And if you're in the placebo control group, you can then get the drug and you get that for, your uh, for I guess, the first 48 weeks. Okay, so there's two or a couple of reasons for this. One, it's just it just makes sense. It's 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 just fair. I mean, I don't know, it's fair is fair, right? I mean, you need placebo controls. These people are, you know, you join in one of these trials, you're a guinea pig. It's a true experiment. It's a human experiment, and uh, you know, so you know that if you're in the trial, we even, doesn't matter what group you're in, you're at least going to have an opportunity to be on the real stuff. Okay, so that's cool. Second, from the standpoint of the company running the open label extension, the reason it's called open label is you know you're on it. You know what the drug is and you know you're on it, okay, um, as opposed to blind. Uh, the second part is that that's just a whole, you know, it takes six months or more sometimes to process all the data from a clinical trial and determine whether or not it worked. So while that, instead, instead of just stopping and everybody goes off the drug, you know, and then say, oh, it worked, we're going to now continue. Um, people, if they were getting, as long as there's no adverse events, um, if people were getting benefit, they continue to get benefit and the placebo control can start to get benefit um, while you're sorting it out. Okay. And so, and the company gets all this extra data. So now instead of just 48 weeks of data, you doesn't have 96 weeks of data that you're going to be able to assess um, and to see if you got continued benefit. And this is actually really, really important um, for FSHD because one of the big questions in FSHD is how long do you have to wait to see benefit? Okay. And my friend Dan Perez, um, he, you know, he always tells me, like, Peter, oh my God, this is my nightmare. He's like, what? He's like, my nightmare is what if it what if it takes three years before you can detect that a drug is working in FSHD? You know, and the idea being that we really don't know, you know, so if you say Ducks 4 is expressed, the muscle starts to go bad, you know, the ball's rolling downhill, the boulder's going downhill, and then it's going to hit the hit the village below and destroy the village, you know, just hit the house or whatever. How long does that take? So if you have a drug or small molecule or gene therapy, whatever, that stops Ducks 4 expression, so no more balls or no more boulders are going to roll downhill, um, how long do you clear the system? Right? How long? How long do you have like a, just you know just a drug enema and all right, just clear the whole system, and so now the, and then you can actually start to see benefit. Is it six months, a few weeks? Is it what if it's a couple of years? And so one you know Fulcrum I think they mentioned their original trial was actually a much shorter trial, 
when COVID hit, and they didn't really see any benefit short longer. So the question here, they're going. I haven't. I was this is the data I was hoping to see. I thought they would post their poster since they presented the data last night, um, but the posters are not available up online. So I don't know the data, but um, you know what they say is they say, um, and you can find this at Fulcrum. Uh, tx.com actually if you ever you know it's always good to go you know it's always good to go directly to the source you can see exactly what they say and it says um you know they had uh 80 participants you know in the in the trial um you know half were on placebo half were on lasmapamod 48 weeks uh you know 77 participants completed the 48 week trial and 76 chose to go on to the um uh open label extension and 74 are still on the open label extension. So that's pretty good retention. And what they say is they said, um, it says so the, the data from the open label extension support findings that lesmopamod modifies FSHD disease progression and preserves or improves muscle function. Um, patients who crossed over to lesmopamod from the placebo arm and remained on treatment uh, demonstrated trends of slowing or stopping disease progression as measured by reachable workspace. And participants who were originally in the lasmopamod group and remained in lasmopamod continued to show slowing or stopping of disease progression and demonstrated improved muscle function, again, as measured by reachable workspace. And it continued favorable safety profile. So what this is saying is that, um, now again, I don't know, you know, there's the devil's in the details, but basically, you know, you'll remember that um, lasmopamod was is a drug that is proposed to shut down Dux4 gene expression and stop uh, pathogenic gene expression. Um, and that's what it does uh, in the preclinical data from cell culture and the Xanagraph mouse models that Fulcrum performed. Um, when they in the phase two B trial, they were not able to actually find that it, it did not meet that endpoint. It did not. They were not able to detect that it had shut down Dux4 by looking at the Dux4 signature genes. But they did see some improvement based on muscle um, kind of content, fat content, fat fraction by MRI. And one of the secondary outcome measures they looked at was reachable workspace, how well you can actually move your arms up above. You know, this is kind of one of the first things that kind of goes in people with FSHD and show some improvement up there. Now, it was, you know, pretty, pretty small, pretty minimal, um, but it, it was something, right? Um, and not for everybody. But you can look at the data. They always have it. They have it up there. You can see it. And it just says that those trends continue. Um, how significant are they? I don't know. I didn't get to see the data. Um, but but that kind of gets to what is an open label extension. Why does that matter? Well, the avidity trial actually states that you know anybody in the avidity trial will be there's going to be a twelve. It's a twelve month trial and then a twelve month open label extension afterwards. The Roche trial for their myostatin inhibition. Again, there's going to be an open label. If you're in that and you get the placebo, you're going to get the real thing if you want it. Um, and there are no adverse events um, going on. Uh, so that's really, you know, so, you know, things are moving. Uh, and so that's what open label extension is. That's kind of an exciting thing for, you know, you know, people, you know, I'll, full disclosure, um, you guys know that I helped found a fulcrum. Not a, I'm not a founder, but, you know, we, we were there at the beginning and we worked with them very closely at the beginning. I no longer am an advisor for them. I, I'm resigned ages ago. Um, but I actually do still have uh, equity in the company that was uh, from my original agreement. Um, you know, <laughs> from, uh, so... You know, for a lot of reasons, we want it to work. Um, I'm not a cheerleader for them. It's not my favorite. I'm disappointed in the results, but you know, it's still moving. And maybe Dan's right. What if it takes through? What if? What if? What if 
three years on, you start to see benefit. Now, on the other side, um, well, there's some other things that could be going on with, with P38. And that's what we're going to be talking to next, because there was a paper that came out of Pfizer um, on P38. Why does this matter? Lasmopamod, what is it? It is a P38 kinase inhibitor. Okay. And so uh, a lot of people are looking at P38. P38 is a key signaling molecule in muscle biology in general. It is important in muscle regeneration. Um, and, you know, to the point where some people think it's not a wise therapeutic target. But nonetheless, it is the therapeutic target, and maybe it's a therapeutic target for another reason. And that's what uh, the paper from Pfizer is going to be looking at. So we're going to hit that in a sec. It's, uh, but, you know, the key is, you know, things are moving. Um, you know, you, you know, go to the, you know, to check out the, you know, the fulcrum. Uh, and again, I'm not a cheerleader for them. <laughs> honestly, I'm, honestly, I think they're pretty pissed at me because, well, you know, I'm still kind of annoyed that, you know, they didn't meet. The, they, well, anyway. You know, the drug didn't do what it was supposed to do based on their own data from the trial, but they are getting benefits. So that's cool. But there is also on Fulcrum, you might check it out there. It's called something called an expanded access policy. That is on their website. And what is expanded access? Well, expanded access is um, basically can you get the, the whatever the experimental drug is without being part of a clinical trial? And, you know, this is expanded access. A lot of companies have an expanded access policy. FDA has an expanded access policy. And you can see there, because a lot of, I get a lot of questions about this. Maybe if you don't get in the trial, can you still get the drug? Or maybe you're too affected and you don't meet the inclusion criteria. Um, you can read about the expanded access policy and uh, see what they have to say. Actually, you know, I can tell you right now, they say they're currently not taking anybody. But, you know, there is a contact information that if you um, want to submit a request, um, for their expanded access, uh, check out again. It's at uh, um, fulcrumtx.com, uh, uh, and it's going to be under where was that? I can't. It's it's uh, it's in their investor relations in their in in uh, anyway. All right, back in a sec. All right, so I mentioned you know going to the website. You know this is. You know, it's the political season out there. And I can talk politics and I shouldn't do anything. I'm actually registered as an independent and have been for a long time. Um, I mean, really, you like you like one of these sides? Seriously? Um, that's because your head's in the sand. Um, I, I'm all about holding people accountable, everybody accountable. Um, but also, you know, I just I'm just not someone who gets caught up in spin and really, I mean, <laughs> you, you can tell me there's no inflation, but you know what? Chicken wings were ten bucks a pound, you know, last weekend. <laughs> Cast of like six, months. whatever. You know, I mean, you know, I know the weather outside. You know, it's, it's I can look out my window. Um, so uh, it's the same with the science, right? I mean, science—you don't get to chick, you know, choose and pick your own facts, you know. And so I'm a big believer you know i can uh, you know go to the source right um i realize you guys don't have time for that you re rely on um people to and maybe that's kind of rely on me maybe right to condense what's going on out there for you into a palatable format that's kind of what we do um but again we try to leave the try to make it clear when we're telling you the facts and telling you my scientific opinion on it and then my personal opinion which may you well, i mean and typically follows the scientific opinion with a little more emotion. Uh, but I'm not selling you anything. 
you know, just just remember that the sugar industry uh, sponsored a study that said saccharin was horrible. Okay, what do you know? Big shock there, right? Um, these types of things happen all the time. Uh, just just make sure you're aware. You know, you're not idiots, even though they treat you like idiots. But I mean, just be aware um, that uh, you know, pro promising you heaven in return for little Billy's college fund <laughs> hasn't worked out great in the past. Um, and so just, just be aware of people selling you something and too much cheerleading, you know, is it really better than expected results? Really? You know, um, just, just the facts, ma'am. And, uh, and that's really, you know, again, we used to have journalism, journalism's dead. Um, and we're trying to revive it. And so, you know, you can see one, one of the things about a press release is we I mean, can say a lot of things to a point in press release, but if you're a publicly traded company, you gotta be careful, you know. I mean, forward-looking statements. Read that down there, and just be careful. You still gotta be careful, right, about what you say because you can't. It's illegal to, um, over to inflate your stock price on something that is uh, bogus. Ask Elon Musk about that. <laughs> you know, about be careful about what you say and what you tweet <laughs> when you own a lot of stock in something. Um, and uh, you just got or, or the Kardashians, right, cranking up crypto. Um, you just gotta be careful. On, uh, on what you're saying. And so, um, you know, the foundation, you know, these companies do put out those talking points, same as a political party. That's what I consider, you know, in some ways on um, the talking point, this is what they want you to highlight. And of course, you got to remember, again, it's political season, follow the money. Um, you know, these uh, companies do fund, they're partnering to some degree with foundations, right? Um, and there's, they're buying access to patients, um, and information and actually not really clear exactly what they're always buying access to. Um, yeah, yeah. They want to support the community and the disease they're working on and they want to be able to talk to you all at these meetings. So it's important. Someone's got to fund the meetings, right? But you know, just be aware, just be aware. Um, because boy, you just, <laughs> you know, we don't have a cure yet and there's nothing but positivity. Everything's a breakthrough. Remember? Anyway, so what's going on? Um, so I'm going to go right to the source paper published recently um, from, uh, it's called Ducks for Expression Activates JNK and P38 MAP kinases in Myoblasts. Um, now you're going to say, oh crap, you're getting into the science, it's going to be boring. You know what? We're still going to talk solve FSHD. We're going to still talk about some other stuff going on. So there's more stuff coming on. So you can fast forward if you want. But this is a kind of a cool paper because it's some of the science, you know, going on. So, so this is actually put out by um, a group led by Nicholas Christofferou, who and an entire team is at uh, Pfizer, except for the guy that donated the cells, which clearly was not at <laughs> no cost. Um, and uh, and so what is this? Well, J and K is Jun Jun C Jun. It's a transcription factor J U N and terminal kinase. And P thirty eight is MAP kinase, which is mitogen activated protein kinase. And these are proteins that function to put a phosphate group on another protein and sometimes themselves but normally on another protein so what's going on so you know you have dna gets transcribed to rna the rna gets translated to protein and then proteins can be modified post-translationally by chemical additions such as adding a phosphate group or a methyl group or an acetyl group or a ribosyl group or ubiquitin or a simulation or any combination they're in. And this just increases the complexity 
of everything that's going on in your cell. You, I mean, you think you were complex before. You know, one gene can have multiple splice forms, meaning one gene can have multiple different RNAs that lead to multiple different proteins that can exist in multiple different forms that are processed. Okay, and they're active, inactive, low, you know, these can change their subcellular localization, can put them onto the membrane, can cause them to be turned over very rapidly in a cell, or they can cause them to be very stable and exist for a very long time in a cell. You know, it's really, I'm telling you, it's really, it's amazing any of our bodies work. I got to tell you, some of you are saying it doesn't work. It's amazing any, as, as broken as you are, it's still amazing you're still functioning. Okay, because it's compl complicated. Okay, so these are kinases. And so what these typically do is this is a way to, they're called signal transduction. This is how signals, extracellular signals come through the cell and lead to gene expression typically. Okay, so the idea is you get a signal, it activates a kinase, it phosphorylates the next one in line, which phosphorylates another, phosphorylates another, it's a cascade, kinase cascade. So for example, you have MAP, P38 MAP kinase, but you also have P38 MAP kinase kinase and P38 MAP kinase kinase kinase. <laughs> you know, so they, very clever names. Um, the P38 just means it's 38 kilodalton protein way back when, when it was the first discovered. And so, um, these are, you know, so somehow, you know, somewhere in there, this pathway is important for activating expression of the Dux4 gene. Okay. So, so if you block P38 MAP kinase activity with lesmapamod or anything else that blocks, the, there's a million drugs that do this, um, uh, you prevent Dux4 from being expressed in human muscle cell cultures in, well, at least in, in Fulcrum's hands and a couple other researchers as well. Okay, so that's how why it's a therapeutic candidate, right? Now, the key is, the, though these kinases, you know, actually the vast majority of drugs out there that have been developed target kinases, okay? Your cancer drugs target kinases, right? These things, these are like key drug targets. Now, the downside is, there are a lot of ways that your cell can get around these blockades because there's so many kinases. First off, they're kind of slutty in the meaning that they get around. So um, it's hard to get a very specific inhibitor, okay? But you can. And so masmapamod is actually pretty specific for MAP kinase. You know, there's alpha, beta, and gamma isoforms of MAP kinase. And so it's pretty specific. Um, but there are many ways to get around this. So, you know, long-term chronic kinase blockades can often you get compensation and genes and essentially the cell can figure out how to get the signaling around the blockade sometimes. So that's one of the reasons it's not a great thing for chronic treatments. Um, also, they tend to be involved in a lot of things. It's not just a direct line or else you wouldn't need all these different kinases, right? But it really was from the extracellular signal and a direct line chunk, 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 chunk gene expression. You only need one, but really it's, it's almost, it's like a, it's like a cracked window, man. <laughs> And it's just, there are so many different pathways that can or, or that could be activated. And P38 is a key regulator in this. It has involved in so many different pathways that are going to be context dependent, cellular. You know, there's so many things that go into it. It's just very complicated. But if you knock out this key regulator, you're actually affecting a lot of pathways. It's actually why a lot of people felt this was not a good target for neuro, any neuromuscular disease. Okay. In fact, in some companies, rumor has it, it found P38 as a um, target for FSHD and chose not to go after it just because it just seemed kind of like an idiotic thing to do. Um, eh, whatever, you know, people make choices. Um, eh, rumor, actually. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, but anyway, so uh, so what's going on here? So, well, you guys actually were not actually looking at P38. What they were looking at is they're looking downstream of Ducks 4. So say, okay, let's see. Um, again, I don't know what the motivation was, but this is Pfizer and, you know, a small molecule company. And so they're looking at cells that express Ducks 4. They want to know what's going on downstream of Ducks 4 expression. And they found that actually the protein profile um, is pretty much the same. Not a whole lot's going on. You get, some, you get some splicing that we know about from Stephen Tapscott's letters, some missplicing, some NMD, um, some nonsense media decay gets screwed up. Um, but then when they went and looked at the phosphoprotein profile, okay, so the proteins are about the same that are downstream, ducts 4 plus and minus ducts 4. But when they looked at phosphoproteins, they found a huge difference, okay? And so it suggested that the kind of maybe the kinase pathways were screwed up. And then they actually found is that a large number of the the things were that were altered, the proteins that were altered, were actually targets of J and K and P38 uh, kinases. Okay. And so then they went on. So okay, wow, some phosphoproteomic work. Okay. And so they found that um, uh, turns out that uh, um, you know this broad change in pro in protein phosphorylation when they when they blocked it with lasmapamod, <laughs> so downstream of ducts 4 so they took out the regulation of ducts 4 and made ducts 4 artificial using these cells called mb135 cells that stephen tapscott and robbie twill made these are cells that will express ducts 4 when you add tetracycline so they, they they've been engineered so that you can turn on ducts 4 whenever you want kind of like our mouse model it's tamoxifen inducible so they use these cells they induce ducts 4 and then they down so so they found that downstream of ducts four they're getting p38 activation and if they block that p38 activation with um, with lesmapamod uh, they block cell death because that's one thing we know that happens in cell culture is that ducts four expression leads to cell death and so this tells you that p38 is functioning downstream of ducts four so Fulcrum's work says it's functioning upstream of ducts 4. Pfizer's work says it's working downstream of ducts 4. It's not mutually exclusive. Maybe it's both. So then you start thinking about therapeutic benefit. Maybe when you get on lesmopamod, you know, so they, you know, so the trial didn't show that there was um, uh, a, no, a measurable change in ducts 4 target gene expression um, upstream of, you know, you know, uh, uh, suggesting ducts 4 was not shut off. But maybe lesmopamod could be functioning downstream. Maybe. Now they're not really getting into that here. They're just showing this could happen. And if you block P38 downstream of Ducks 4, yeah, well, you know, you block some of the adverse effects of Ducks 4 expression. Now then they went on to work in our, I told you, in our Flex Ducks 4 mouse model. And again, mouse a muscle is different than cells in a dish. Cells in a dish are purified, growing in a dish in 2D. A muscle is 3D, and there's all sorts of other cells involved. And there's nerves, there's blood vessels. It's three-dimensional, three and all these other cell types involved. And they regenerate and do all sorts of things. And what they showed is a little bit different. But again, the P38 activation, phosphorylation, is downstream of Ducks 4 when they induce Ducks 4 with tamoxifen in our mouse model. Um, it's, it, they, they get P38 um, uh, phosphorylation. And uh, now this could be actually, you know, is this direct or indirect? They don't really know. It could be because P38 is involved in muscle regeneration. Anyway, so, you know, honestly, it's a really solid paper. I really thought it was a really good paper put out. Again, this is, you know, this is basic research put out now by, now they're properly a pharma company. Pfizer's <laughs> is a pharma company, not a biotech. Um, <laughs> they're big enough to be called that. Um, and so, uh, you yeah, know, some solid work being done there. 
and looking at some basic biology. I'm not, you know, who knows what they're looking at. The idea would be if you understand the biology, you're going to find more therapeutic targets and more therapeutic pathways. So, you know, maybe there's something, you know, hey, maybe there's a program that maybe there's going to be something to this in the future. Maybe they found something cool. You know, and this is, you know, just a paper on the initial finding. And again, they used our FlexDux4 mouse model. <laughs> we have no association with Pfizer whatsoever. Um, I didn't even know they had the model. I got to tell you the truth. Um, but uh, cool. See, this is, again, this is why you make tools. Yeah, it makes it seem like why the hell would anybody not want a fun tool generation if you claim to be leaving bottlenecks? Anyway, same type of thing our pigs are going to be used for. Oh, by the way, people keep asking about our mini pigs. Project's going. Um, man, you know, it sounds like, you know, <laughs> I really appreciate that the foundations and people keep stepping up to keep kicking in some funding for the pigs so that we can go even faster. Okay, so we can do things in parallel and a bunch of the characterization faster so we can make these models more more quickly available to everybody. Mainly for, you know, as a large animal model for FSHG, but also um, for muscle um, regeneration and cell therapy. Which brings us to the next thing I want to talk about. Solve FSHD just had another announcement. You know, Solve FSHD is Chip Wilson, right? Founder of Lululemon, you know, multi-billionaire. But he has FSHD, just like you. It sucks, right? Falling down, it sucks, you know. And uh, he's doing something about it. He's got some resources, so he's doing something about it. He put a hundred million dollars into the into a venture, uh, uh, venture philanthropy, where he's investing in companies uh, that have FSHD focus, or at least providing them money so they can develop an FSHD focus. And we already know that he's put a million dollars into Enlorm, which is going to look specifically at some sort of anti-sense technology for FSHD2. He put uh, $1 million into Myracule, which is uh, an anti-sense company um, just targeting Ducks 4. I'm not sure where they're targeting, but targeting Ducks 4 mRNA. They have their own little, we talked about this before, own little uh, flavor. Uh, they put in $3 million to Alte Therapeutics, which is a really novel. I love this company. They have a small molecule that binds ducts for and, and prevents it from functioning, either block, binding DNA or whatever. You have these conformational changes that kind of screws that up, and it doesn't actually become function as a transcription factor. And now they're just announcing $10 million to Vita Therapeutics, right? Who's that? You ever heard of them? <laughs> actually, I had because they were at the Solve FSHD meeting back in the... Uh, in March. Um, and this is Catherine Wagner's company. What? You guys don't know Catherine Wagner, right? Who's Catherine? You guys know Catherine Wagner is right. She, she was a clinician that if any of y'all on the East coast, and you went to Kennedy Krieger or Johns Hopkins for, uh, your FSHD, um, you know, one of our, the top, uh, neuromuscular clinician clinicians in the world. Um, and she ran the FSHD clinical trials out of Hopkins. She initially was involved in the, in the fulcrum trial, I worked with the Wellstone there, getting a lot of biopsies and cells. Um, <laughs> well, I don't get into that. Um, but she has left that position, and um, she is now the global head of uh, neuromuscular diseases at Roche. Remember, Roche has this myostatin trial, anti-myostatin, myostatin inhibition trial. This is anti-myostatin, yeah, um, trial at uh, that's coming. Um, well, she now heads up that. She moved to Switzerland and heads that up. She uh, resigned from her... Uh, academic post at Hopkins Kennedy Krieger and uh, shut down her domestic practice. Um, and uh, but while she was while she was there, she started a spin out company called Vita. 
therapeutics um, with Gab Singh Lee and Alan Friedman. Gab Singh Lee is, um, you know, an expert in stem cells and uh, induced pluripotent stem cells and, and muscle satellite cells. Honestly, I don't know Alan Friedman. Um, sorry, <laughs> but I know Gab Singh Lee um, from, you know, he, he's big, big in the space, neuromuscular disease space, and, and Catherine, of course, as well, too. Um, but this kind of gets to the point, you know, getting back to what I was talking about at the beginning. People get all bent out of shape. They say, oh, you're starting to spin out company. You're just in it for the money. You know, the truth of the matter is, you know, we're really in it because we want to see our research benefit patients. That's honestly the truth. There are so many easier ways to make money. And, you know, the best people to be guiding this are the inventors and the people that are in the trenches doing it and the people that are really believe in it and know this, you know, are good. So, here's, you know, and so, you know, I mentioned that, you know, I founded the company, Renogenics. Catherine has founded this company, Vita Therapeutics. Um, you know, Scott Harper has a company out of Ohio State. You know, so you find a lot of academics because we believe in our work and we want to see our work. We don't want we want to see it done right and get to clinic um, and really find out if it's going to work. OK, so what is this? Well, you know, why did Chip kick in 10 million dollars to this company? And I knew it was coming because, well, I shouldn't say, but Catherine's husband was just crowing to everybody that would listen back and way back in March that he was good. They were getting 10 million dollars from Chip. So we, I, I've known this was coming for a while. Um, so uh, I don't know if they know that he was doing that, but he's kind of a bozo. Um, um, but anyway, it's uh, so they put in what are their cell therapy company? Okay, so their idea is that they're going to do autologous cell therapy. This is basically they're going to take your blood and isolate your white blood cells, then they're going to make induced pluripotent stem cells, iPSCs. Okay, and so you, you de differentiate, you know, you normally go from a stem cell to all the different types of cells of the body, but induced pluripotent stem cell technology that came out maybe. 10, 15 years ago now. Oh, wow. Jeez, I was back in Illinois. Yeah. Damn, it's almost 20 years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, we learned how to uh, uh, deprogram a cell and make it back into a stem cell. So you get your blood cell, you turn it back into a stem cell. Um, and then in that case, they're going to fix whatever the defect is, right? Their primary program is LGMD2A, which is a calpanopathy. And so, you know, the cells are missing calpane. And so this is actually a recessive disease. So your muscle cells are missing calpane. So they're going to use CRISPR to fix the mutation. And then they're going to, you know, then grow these cells up to mass quantities, drive them into some sort of stem muscle, stem lineage, and then put them back into you. So your cells now fixed, put back into you. And, and, and take care of it. So for a disease like LGMD, this actually, you know, you can conceptually understand this because you have cells that are broken. They're missing something. This is how most muscular disease, neuromuscular diseases are. They're, they're missing a component that's necessary for normal muscle function. If you fix that, now you can take cells that are expressing that needed component and that, that gene that's missing, like such as calpane, which is a very important protease for muscle biology, and you fuse them together and the healthy cell will fix the the, musc the dystrophic cell because it's, it, you know, the healthy cell is going to be dominant over the recessive mutation. Now, FSHD, I've told you many times, complicated, and of course, it's going to be the weirdo. It's going to be different. FSHD, of course, is going to be different. Your cells are not missing something they're expressing something that they don't want ducks four ducks four is really bad ducks four is essentially toxic and and remember muscle cells are syncytial so it's your bucket of black paint 
And if you take a healthy cell and you fuse it to that, the, the dominant function of the uh, FSHD cell would turn healthy cells into FSHD. So it's actually going to go backwards. Um, but, you know, that's not, let's hold on for a second. Now, wait, wait. <laughs> say, so why are you doing that? Well, there's two reasons. First off, you know, first, can you fix an FSHD cell? Absolutely. So they could, since she's going to be ex vivo, out of the body, CRISPR fixing, and they don't say how they're going to do it, but you could, you could edit the PAS and select cells. So you could actually genetically fix the cells. And now you have uh, the same, you have your, and, and, and put them back in. Um, well, you know, the thing about FSHD, it's not really clear. Um, most, depending on how far along you are, most of your cells are not expressing Dux4, right? You have a lot of healthy muscle in there, even though they're all genetically FSHD. So maybe you can over, maybe you can override the system and get enough of this in to build some muscle back. Uh, you know, essentially you're bailing the boat out faster than it's sinking. Maybe you could build it back up. I don't know. No one knows, actually. In fact, you know what would be great? Pig model would be great for testing this out, by the way. Um, <laughs> and another reason why it's inconceivable that uh, anyone doesn't want the pig model. Um, everyone with any brains wants it. Um, and uh, anyway, so sorry. I just always just said, just always, every time this comes up, I'm just like, wow, I had a meeting this morning at 8 a.m. with a, a com with a group that is going to build, has great technology for building muscle. And they're thrilled that we have a pig model. And then, oh my God, I can't believe your foresight in having a pig model. Yeah, <laughs> could have had it two years ago. If people had their heads out of their, if people got good scientific advice, people, foundations had good scientific advisors. I guess they have scientific advisors, not necessarily good ones. I should be careful, in my opinion. Um, anyway, so, uh, so what's going on? So uh, could this work? Well, the other way it could work is, you know what? Hey, well, come on, you got avidity coming, you got Myracule coming, Dying claims they're coming, you got Fulcrum going right now. What if, what if they shut, if they shut down ducks for, what if one of these works? You know, one of them is going to work. Eventually it's going to work, whether it's our CRISPR inhibition gene therapy, Scott Harper's anti-SIRNA gene, whatever, something's going to work. You still, unless you're very mildly affected, your muscles are going to kind of recover on their own. Still, a lot of you are going to need some help getting back getting back your strength. So maybe, now maybe if you shut down the destruction, this would be a path, a path back. Okay. I don't know. Now that's what Chip's betting on. Cause I'll tell you, when you talk to Chip, he's like, give me a calf and give me a bicep, man. And I'm good. <laughs> you know, he's like, you know, that's what he needs. And many of you might feel that same way. And, uh, and you might also feel you only need it for like three or four years and pump you up again, you know, cause you're going down, right. You, you kind of lose muscle all of a sudden. So, you know, is it, a, is it an immediate fix? Eh, probably not. Um, what are my concerns with it as a science, you know, conceptually, it makes a great cartoon on the website. Conceptually, what do you think? Um, yeah, and they raised $66 million, not just chips, 10 million. They raised $66 million in series B. So a lot of people are betting on this. Um, and again, for, for recessive neuromuscular diseases, you know, potential, what, what am I, I'm still, I'm still not sold on how you deliver this. I think that's kind of an issue. Is this something you pump into the bloodstream or whatever? Um, I have concerns about that. I gotta tell you, I know just historically systemic delivery of these things just leads to most of the cells dying. Um, alternatively injecting cells into muscles. They just don't go very far. Now, again, maybe they, I don't know their technology. I don't work with them. I have no agreement with it. So again, I have no, no, nothing to do. I'm, if they want the pigs, they can have the pigs and do the experiment, be happy to work with them, um, you know, and help them on anything to help some people out. Uh, but, uh, or the mouse, if they got our mouse models, I don't know. Honestly, I got no idea. Um, 
But, you know, again, it's just another approach that's going, right? Cell therapy now going for FSHD. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe soon. Maybe, uh, maybe it's going to be after we got a cure, after you got a therapy, right? After you've had disease modified, maybe after you shut down the exposure. I don't know. We'll see. I'm a little concerned about the cellular environment. Uh, still, I don't, I don't really buy Kaiba's paper that he put out about the cellular environment. I talked about that previously. Pigs will be a much better model, much more FSHD-like environment to do these experiments. And but again, things are moving, and things are moving, right? And you know what? I, you know, uh, everybody that's kicking in this money, you know, it's always an investment. They're bets, but you know, it's a risky bet. That's the other thing that people don't seem to get is that you know the amount of money it costs to get something to therapy. I mean, so many of these, as people will say, shots on goal, but so many of these bets lose just because they just don't work. The science isn't there, right? You try, you get an idea, you try it out. Preclinical data doesn't work. Or maybe you're, maybe it's not safe. Maybe it has bad tax profile in, 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 when you study it. Maybe your phase one doesn't work. Or maybe phase two shows some little benefit. But phase So many trials for so much, you know, to, it costs so much to get a successful drug or biologic through. Uh, you know, I mean, it just takes a lot of money. Right. So actually, you know, you, you look at Jeb, right? He's putting in $10 million on this. You know, it might be a total bust. That's just a total lie. He's taking the risk, right? You say you can afford it. But I mean, everybody, whether it's venture caps, anybody investing in any of these companies, even foundations, you know, foundations investing in researchers, you know, got to tell you, so I know that they could do a better job. A lot of the research doesn't even result in publications, right? I mean, there's different levels of risk um, and it's all different parts, but every, every step of the way costs a lot of money. Um, to do it. Now we have a lot of money because people think it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk um, because FSHD is amenable to so many technologies and um, <laughs> so many people that have it. And I'm sorry, it's, it's good business. Um, if you don't like it, maybe just be glad that <laughs> curing you is good business. Okay. Um, and that's actually interesting research. And from an academic standpoint, it's just an absolutely fascinating disease. I was just talking with Ning. Um, again, now we had lab meeting. Ning told us about her meeting that she was at again on epigenetics. And it's just, it's just funny because, you know, she's just talking about these people are doing all this high profile mechanistic work on chromatin and epigenetics, but it's kind of, there's no disease. It's just kind of boring. Right. And she's like, wow, you know, this is, FSHD is really interesting. <laughs> is this is really, you feel like everybody's working on something interesting. No, actually most people are not working on something interesting. Um, I'm glad people do this. That's the figures that end up in the textbooks. But boy, we love working on FSHD and having our work, whether it's the uh, research testing that we're doing or whatever, or um, our CRISPR inhibition therapeutics or the small molecules we're developing, or just the tools we're developing to help others in the field. We love it. Absolutely love it. Fascinating disease. Amazing group of people. Even those of you that don't like us, bitter and angry at us, I don't care. <laughs> we're going to help you anyway. We're going to, we'll, 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 we'll turn you. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, you know what? One of our favorite people, of course, is Jagger. And Jagger, I got a new song from Jagger, Angel. And we're just going to play Angel right now. And then I'm going to come back. And, uh, you know, I just want to finish up with a few things. And uh, But Jagger's one of our favorite FSHDers, really super talented musician. And so check this out.
All right, man. That's uh, Angel by Jagger. Am I saying that right? I don't know. You know, the guy, I got, I got to wrap this up pretty soon because uh, the gang in Nebraska is going through withdrawal because they haven't had a podcast in about a week. So I'm going to wrap this up. That's uh, Jagger's family, man. Love it. Uh, so, but, you know, I, I like I said, I, I love hearing from you all. A great community. Um, one thing I really strive for is not just accuracy, but, you know, I hate, I hate to be incomplete. Um, I mean, you can only do, you know, you know, you only can say what you know, you know what you know. But man, you guys out there keeping me on my toes and, and showing me, you know, I, I assume if I'm ever wrong. Well, I have heard from somebody that told me I was wrong once, and uh, that's an opinion. Uh, <laughs> he told your opinion's wrong, so one thing. Um, but, you know, my man Scott uh, just sent me an email and let me know, gave me some additional information. Because uh, I had mentioned a while ago, when we talked about Epic Bio. Right. Epic Bio is the company that's doing CRISPR inhibition using the mini casts, right? The way, you know, the trick to CRISPR technology, one of the tricks, is you have to fit everything into a small space, get the whole cargo into one AAV virus for delivery. Um, we've done it our way. One thing that Epic Bio has done is they've made this thing called mini casts. Uh, so much smaller uh, CRISPR machine, and they're fusing the DNA methyltransferase. Uh, to it, and they're going to try to methylate the D4Z4 and the Dex4 gene to shut it off. And they claim they've done it, right? And uh, you know, it's fantastic. It's proven. It's a you know nothing better than um, further proof of concept uh, that CRISPR inhibition is the way to go for FSHD. You know, there was a paper published from a Japanese group a while ago on hit and run was called their technology, uh, where they showed that you can methylate D4Z4 in stem cells and uh, shut off Dux4 expression so we know it can be done. It's just a matter of can you deliver it and can you do it in the right cell type. Anyway, um, you know, you can go back to a previous podcast and see more about that. Uh, but one of the things I had mentioned is, you know, as far as I was aware, there was no, uh, they had no real connection to FSHD other than the fact that uh, FSHD seems to be the uh, most obvious um, gene, uh, disease to go after if you're a CRISPR company. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're doing CRISPR inhibition, uh, base editing, gene editing, whatever. You know, FSHD as a dominant gain of function disease is just really fantastic to go after. Actually, I got to tell you, um, editing is going to be a tough one if you're going to edit the D4Z4, but if you want to edit the PAS, you can go after it. Anyway, um, the point is, you know, I mentioned that there was no connection to FSHD. Turns out that's not correct. Turns out their CEO um, in an article from uh, the San Francisco Business Times, uh, what, what was her name? Amber Saltzman, Amber Saltzman, CEO of Epic Bio actually has FSHD in her family. Um, her husband's cousins have FSHD. Okay, so they know FSHD as a, from a personal standpoint, you know, which <laughs> I hate to say that's fantastic, right? It's fantastic. Somebody has it in their family. Um, nah, you know, I guess I just, you know, it's just, you know, as in the case of Myracule where, you know, Anthony Sala, you know, the, the head of Myracule, you know, as FSHD himself and some others that we've heard about, you know, we are intimately involved with FSHD um, as well. Um, it's just, there's just something that just kind of makes you feel like, you know, they're going to see it to the end, right? That I mean, that's really what we want. We want the technology, the best shot, the best shape of the technology to get to clinic and may the best technology win and hopefully multiple technologies win. So, you know, it's just, you know, I get, you know, in the end, I guess it doesn't really matter because as I've told you before, it's good business. Uh, good business um, is curing disease. And so it shouldn't matter, but there's just something, I don't know, there's just something when when it's in the family and you know people, it's very personal um, that, you know, they're going to do do a really, may, may, 
Yeah, maybe they'll do a good job anyway. But I, I don't know. I I appreciate I appreciate that a company has a personal connection to FSHD. I got I, you know just as, it's something extra. Okay. Anyway, Scott, appreciate you forwarding that on to me. And um, hey, say hi to your mom for me. It was great talking to you guys. I really appreciate the notes that I'm getting from y'all. Um, actually, all around the world that uh, appreciate the podcast and appreciate the research testing. I want to let you know we just got you know heard from a shout out now to our new friend in Malawi, right? Southeast, it's a Southeast African country. Um, we're helping out. Uh, sending just sent some kits over there, seven kits uh, to our friend there. And um, man, just got a bunch of stuff back from New Zealand. I'm still working. We got our friend uh, in Colombia. Um, you know, talking to, trying to work with, you know, we're having a little trouble in Mexico City with some of our friends, just having trouble. The authorities don't like us sending stuff to, to Mexico. I don't, you know, it's, I don't know. We, we had early success. Suddenly they're, they're stopping us. But, you know, it's kind of interesting. It's, um, you know, we are, you know, FSHD is global and my FSHD is, is definitely global. Um, but, you know, we, you know, we do some, a lot of uh, chemistry and stuff here as well. And, you know, I'm, Ukraine hasn't been in the news lately, right? You just don't hear a lot about. It. I know they're always kind of in the news. It used to be headlines everywhere. People kind of I kind of forgot. You know, we have 16 families in Ukraine of FSHDers that we've helped. We have three families in Crimea, some in Donbas, some in Donetsk, um, and a whole lot of folks in Russia. And I got to tell you, the folks in Russia are, you know, I know right. Russia's <laughs> the government's the bad guy. Trust me, <laughs> just like here. Um, and, uh, you know, do you want to be held responsible for everything your government does? A lot of the people there don't either, you know, you have limited ability to do something about it. Um, we've been unable to, uh, get, uh, kits into Russia. Actually, the mail's not going to Russia, but we just got a package today from Israel. And we're like, well, I don't remember sending kits to Israel. You know what? From a Russian family that was unable to get stuff. They got them back to us through Israel and, you know, we're still going to help them. We're helping the people. Um, because people are always the people who, the, you know, the ones that suffer under the idiocy of their um, governments, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, we're still going to try to help best we can. But, you know, I got something from one of the companies we work with in Ukraine. Here's an email. Let's just think about this. When you think about your how much your day sucks, you're sitting at your desk and whining or you're just whatever, you know, just think about this. Email. Okay, it says, dear customers, colleagues and friends. This morning, Russia carried out another act of aggression, firing dozens of rockets at peaceful cities in Ukraine, including Kiev. Um, despite it, we stand strong and resilient. Okay, this company is in Kiev. Um, all our employees are safe and all our facilities are still intact. The work has been postponed for today, but it will be resumed tomorrow. <laughs> okay, yeah, you know, it's just a rocket attack. We're going to send everyone home, right? Um, resume tomorrow with the support of our local authorities and government. At Enemine, we are acting according to our internal contingency plan. I mean, think about that, okay? David, you know, you have, you have tornado drills. You know, I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, they have you know, Russian rockets raining down on us drills, okay? Once the air raid alarm stands, all the laboratory activity is stopped, and our staff is evacuated to the specific, specially equipped shelters. In case of any power outages, we are also ready to switch to alternative sources and diesel generators to maintain the work of instruments, service, and other equipment. We follow the situation very closely and return to work only once our authorities and security service allow. 
uh, the situation will not be influenced, will not influence the scheduled shipment and delivery time of the building block screening compound and project compounds. As for the interrupted synthetic work in the frame, um, we will compensate this time and keep projects deadlines. So what are they working? So they, they're getting bombed. They're getting bombarded. And they've got this couple days. they got this October 10th, okay? And, you know, what are they worried about? Well, we're, they still are going to maintain their time frame. They're worried about getting your, your stuff, their customers, their stuff late. Right. Don't worry. We're still going to do it. You know, when the, once the bombs stop, we'll all go back to work and get back on it. You know, you want you you, you don't want to help these people. My God, how can you not want to help these people? My God, let's you know, I don't know whether you pray or you just send them good juju. I'm going to have my kiddo Jenny cast a spell. You know, We're going to do something. Keep Ukraine in your hearts and um, in your minds and send whatever kind of goodwill you can. We're happy to be working with people over there um, and helping them out. Um, yeah, and uh, you know what? There are a lot of FSHDers over there, and you know life is tough. Was tough already. You know it's a hell of a lot tougher, tougher now with all this going on. Um, but man, I just, you know, I just, I just can't believe it when it's like, don't worry, you'll still get your orders on time. Don't worry, we're still gonna meet our deadline, our project deadlines. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, we're looking for a handout. We're looking. Uh, what, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna get into politics. But, um, great respect for the people of Ukraine. Okay. Love and respect. I got to tell you. All right, man. Um, okay. We're going to, you know, I never know what's going on. There's so much popping in the FSHD space all around the world. Uh, got, oh, we'll see what the next news from solve is that dropped. We'll see what the next company that's coming in. We'll see the next results. So we'll see what's going on. Once I get the, get, get a look at the fulcrum data on their open label extension, I'll let you know what I think of it. I'll tell you what the data actually is and I will give you my scientific opinion of it. And, um, and, uh, you know, avidity trial, uh, check out my, you know, clinicaltrials.gov, see what's going on, um, see where the sites are going to be. Um, same for the Roche trial, see where the sites are going to be, clinicaltrials.gov. And, uh, you know, just again, you know, nothing wrong with getting propaganda. Remember, there's a difference between information and propaganda. Just make sure you kind of understand who's telling you what. <laughs> Who can you trust, man? It's, uh, I don't know. Well, you know, you, you know us. Um, and uh, or maybe if you don't, come by Reno and check us out. Spend a day with us. You'll know us after that. All right, man. Going to uh, finish up uh, a little bit more Jagger on the way out. And uh, we will uh, see you on the uh, flip-flop. See if Arsenal's still top of the table uh, next time I talk to you. The damn well better be. All right, man. Catch you later.